The following Future Conceive podcast is sponsored by the Virtual Education Committee of the Society for the Study of Reproduction, with the mission to develop virtual programs that will aid in the education, highlighting the careers of society members, bringing technology updates, and the latest scientific advancements in reproductive biology. Thank you for listening. Well, hello and welcome to the Virtual Education Podcast Series from the Society for the Study of Reproduction. In Ithaca, New York, I'm E. Athena Ren at Cornell University. Today is July the 14th, 2022. With us today is award winner of this year's training, Mentoring Award of our Society, Dr. Thomas E. Curry. Dr. Curry is honored as a university research professor of Kentucky University in 2021. He has made significant contributions to the study of ovarian biology and is still going full steam. Hi, Tom. So congratulations first. I'm really excited to have you here and share with us your journey as a scientist and more so in this podcast as a mentor. Thank you, Athena. I appreciate the introduction and your kind words. Yeah, Tom. So maybe tell us a little bit about your scientific journey. What leads you here? So um, one of the things is I've grown up in the SSR. And so this is a huge honor for me to be awarded the uh, this award because I think mentoring is something we always do. And we've always done this. And the society is extremely supportive of mentors, mentorship. And so this is something I've grown up into. And I think it's uh, a huge honor to receive this award. I think mentoring probably starts with most of us as students. And so what are the what are the lessons you learn from your mentors? And for me, I believe that a lot of this was my take home message was support. And we all know that in any given day, the experiments don't work and you're discouraged as a student. And what you have to have is you have to have a mentor who's supportive and, and says, well, you know, it didn't work today, but we'll try it this way tomorrow. So I've grown up in an environment which has been extremely supportive in terms of, of doing science. I think that that is a key thing for, for the young trainees and for people growing through this is to have um, a supportive environment for to conduct your research. Yeah, I can attest to your support for your trainees as I have seen you interacting with your trainees <clears throat> and see the accomplishment of many of them. Yeah, you actually already answered one of my questions I was going to ask, but maybe you have more in this regard, is that what you have taken with you from your mentors, as science builds on itself, right? And we all benefit from our mentors. Is there something stand out like to you, you look back? You know, I think coming back around to the question, Athena, is um, a supportive environment. And I think that this is something that I've learned, you know, when I was a student and as a fellow, and that support takes on different levels. That can be everything from a day-to-day, how do things work in the lab? How is the project working? But also, what are your long-term goals? So I've been very fortunate to have mentors who have helped me realize what I wanted to do. And so I think one of the things is that Students come into the students and fellows come into the lab and they have different ideas about what they want to do. And so part of your role as a mentor is how do you 
help them achieve that goal. Some of us want to be basic scientists and work in the lab. Some of us want to teach. Some of us want to go into industry. And so I think you have to be aware of what the desire for the different mentees are. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, that's an important message. So I guess this is a complicated situation, right? Students have different needs and different goals. Is this one of, I, I personally found it challenging sometimes, right? Because they both need to achieve a certain research standard that takes a lot of energy, right? Most of their energy in their training. So is this one of the challenges? Are there other challenges you encounter as a mentor? And how did you overcome them? With some examples you can share with us? Sure. I think one of the things that happens, you know, as a mentor is you have to, coming back around to your question, Athena, about you have to be able to address the trainees' needs. So one of the things that people come into my lab, they typically come in and they work on whatever project we're working on at that particular time. But then I also want to ask them, what do they want to do? And so a lot of times people come in, for example, I've had a recent trainee come in who uh, has a very strong background in endocrine disrupting chemicals. And they came to my lab because they wanted to work in the human. And so the whole idea is they came on board to work on a particular project, learn the human model and the things that we were doing, and then take that model and use it for their own studies. So it's always been an, an important part of the, the training and mentoring for the people in my lab. They come on board, but what do you want to do after this? And how do we carve out a niche for what you want to try to do? And a lot of that is based upon their previous background and what we're doing in the lab, you know, at that at, this particular time. That sounds good. You put them on the right track, right? Like guide them to their, the path leading to their goal, right? Now, what if like they encounter challenges, how do you help them? What are some of the tips you have? Um, so one of the things for most of the, the fellows who come into the lab is we always have them write a grant. And that can be anything from an internal proposal to an NIH, like an R03 or an NIH R01. And so part of the guidance with this is the grant writing and grantsmanship. So these are things we do, we do it with students as well. The students typically, the writing is much more towards the thesis. But for the fellows and for young faculty, we work with them to try and help them with their, with their grantsmanship. You know, and another piece of this, I think, is that mentoring has changed. In the old days, I had a mentor. Nowadays, there's a mentoring team, and that team will add different things. And so we've brought in people, for example, a lot of times we're bringing in a person who has biostatistical help, a person who does RNA sequencing to help us with uh, RNA analysis. So I think mentoring has changed over time. It's become much broader than it was um, when I first started. Yeah, that sounds like important message, right? The time is changing and students need to acquire different expertise from different people, right? We can't teach them everything, I guess, what they need. That's that's really good message. Well, I heard a lot about support. Do you have other mentoring philosophy that you think is really important to you and has worked? You know, I think one of the things which is also a little bit interesting, and this I learned this actually from my... Um, maybe more as a postdoc. Um, I think you work hard and you have to play hard. And so one of the things that we all get, we get so tied into our work and our science, sometimes it's hard to step away from this. And I believe that you need a break. And so all, you know, a lot of us have different activities and different things that we do. 
know, that can be everything from cooking to sewing to exercise to travel. And so I think that it's important for the trainees also to have the ability to step away from science because a lot of times, you know, you walk away from things and you get new ideas. You know, you have some creativity that, that doesn't happen when this particular antibody is not working in this particular, you know, application. So you're an avid, avid cyclist, right? You're still, I saw the picture of you on your website at the, on the bike. And, and so that's that's always been a way for me to somewhat reduce my stress is when things don't go particularly well or we have a long day or even for pleasure. Um, I, I've always been able to get on the bike and just ride. And um, if you're in a situation where you can ride and think, uh, I think that's a good thing. So for yeah, for me, cycling is, is, is one kind of a release. Great. That's great. Yeah, Kentucky is a beautiful place with little hills, right? Or big hills for good workout when you need it. Right? Yeah. I, I heard too, like say science career is a kind of marathon, right? We're not sprinting and use up our energy. It's really a long, lifelong, um, yeah, lifelong career. So taking care of the trainee and make sure they take care of themselves is very important. Okay, that's really, so far been really helpful, your advice and ideas. So let's see. Now, if we're saying the trainee who is listening to this podcast, what advice do you have for them? Let's say in their shoes, how do they best interact with their mentors and get the best out of this interaction as you see uh, it? I think that's a, an interesting and a difficult question. Um, I think that the trainee has to understand, I think there has to be communication and I think there has to be talk about expectations. And a lot of that can start very early on. I and mean, sometimes it starts like during the interview process when you're interviewing with a person, you know, how does your lab work? You know, um, how, for example, I think the more senior people are pulled in ways where they're not in the labs often. And so how does that, you know, how does access to your mentor work? But really back to your question with a trainee is, I think there needs to be communication. What are the expectations? You know, my expectations are that you're going to um, be in the lab, you're going to be involved, you're going to work hard, I think. And, and by the same token, the trainee has to be able to communicate to the mentor what they would like, what they'd like to learn. Um, some people are extremely good at presentation skills. Some people are extremely good at writing. And so, you know, think about as a trainee, what is your weakness? You know, what is it that you want to do? If you want to do something in academics, you want to end up like your mentor in a, an academic environment, how are you going to get there? And I think you have to be able to be funded. How are you going to be funded? You have to be able to write. You have to be able to write grants. How are you going to be funded? You have to have creative ideas and your mentor should be able to help you. And so this is something that we've always talked about in the lab is, you know, where is this going to lead? Where is this going to go? So as a trainee, I think one of the questions I've always tell my trainees when they're going out for interviews to ask is, I'm going to come into the lab and I'm going to work on, in my case, ovulation. What part of this project will be mine when I leave? In other words, what is going? You know, what, how am I going to advance with this? Or I've had people come on board who have a different background, but they want to learn a particular technique. So again, what is it? What is it as a trainee that I'm going to learn and be able to take from this? Um, so is that kind of leads into the conversation? Other question for you. Yes, this is very interesting. What you share reminds me, um, 
this book, right? The Seven Habits famous book talking about begin with the end in mind, right? The end, both is the goal and how you get there as how the trainee communicate to their mentor. So this is super helpful. Yeah. I hope the trainees are listening and taking notes. <laughs> I think I think with the trainees is, is different at all stages. You know, as a student, your main concern is getting your degree. You know, I mean, that's what you want to do. Um, you know, as a fellow, your main concern is getting the job, you know, and and or getting a grant. As young faculty, and I run a training program for young faculty, the main uh, goal there is to be promoted and get a grant. So I think that there are different um, goals at different stages of your academic career. Certainly, I can concur to that. Let's see. Well, to I guess to wrap up our conversation today, very immediately useful to our trainees and that's going to attend SSR this year. What would you like to share with them to get the most out of attending a research conference such as SSR? Any tips? Yes, I think that one of the things which is extremely helpful about SSR, it's a very collegial environment. And so um, one of the things you're thinking about, you know, as a, as a student or as a fellow, what do you want to do next? So if I want to end up, you know, um, in Dr. Rin's lab, what I would do is I would have my mentor introduce me to Dr. Ren. And so I think that you need to think about who do you want to meet? Uh, how do you want to interact? Um, and I think it's also a time for trainees to talk to each other and say, right now I'm having a situation or a problem with this. How do you handle it in your lab? So I think the SSR is, again, it's very collegial. And it's a good opportunity for the trainees to think about, you know, what are your next steps? Um, and also for most of us, we want to get funded. And so if you think about the people who are on study section, what you want to do is you want to have them come to your poster or your presentation, and you want to tell them all the exciting things that you're doing. So, you know, you want to convey your science to the people who are in the community in such a way that it will help you with your academic career. That's terrific. What about, are you going to recruit new trainees? So, so any trainee are interested, how do they get into your lab? Uh, we'll be at the SSR. They can come and talk to us. And one of the things I would say to the trainees who are listening to this is it's very easy for me to say that you'll have a wonderful life in Kentucky. But it's another thing to talk to the trainees and find out what life is really like in Kentucky. So in other words, my point is, I think you should talk to the people who are being trained in this environment and find out what are the pros and cons. So this is something I always tell my trainees is that, you know, when you're going someplace, talk to a number of different people and you should get the same answer. You know, is this a good environment? Is there support? And, and you can try to answer, ask those kinds of questions. Wow. I think we, I'm taking a lot of notes. So I hope the, the ones who is listening are, are learning from your, your shared wisdom. This is really cool. And Tom, thank you so much for being here with us and for all that you have done for our society and for science. I think many of us will be looking forward to meeting you or reconnecting with you in, at an annual meeting this year in just a couple of weeks. And I will see you soon. Athena, thank you for your time very much for this. And it's really an honor to receive this award. It's an honor to be able to talk to you today. And um, hopefully we'll have a wonderful meeting that COVID will not interrupt. So look forward to seeing people. Thank you. This music is produced by Buck Hills and the Peripel. Thank you.